Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, can I help you find something? Librarians specialize in helping you find what you were looking for, and sometimes what you didn't know you were looking for. Thank you for joining me as I talk to my guests about all things library, including the books inside them. I'm Julie Chavez, and this is Ask a Librarian. Vicki Lewis most recently starred as Countess Lily in Anastasia on Broadway. Other Broadway credits include Chicago and Damn Yankees. She appeared in Pal Joey for NYC Encores and as a soloist at Carnegie Hall. She starred as Beth on the critically acclaimed NBC series News Radio for its full run of six seasons. She also appeared on, this is an amazing list, Curb Your Enthusiasm, The Goldbergs, How I Met Your Mother, Modern Family, The Blacklist, Grey's Anatomy, Angie Tribeca, Doll and M, Melissa and Joey, Bones, Murphy Brown, and Seinfeld. Films include The Ugly Truth, Breakfast of Champions, Mouse Hunt, and Godzilla. She has voiced hundreds of animation characters, most notably Deb slash Flo in Pixar's blockbuster films Finding Nemo and Finding Dory. Here is our conversation. Vicki, it is so nice to meet you. Thanks for being here today. Oh my gosh, I'm so, so very happy to be here. We've had such a comedy of errors trying to to schedule this, my problems. Then I had tickets to a show, which was a good problem, but a bad problem for you. And then, so here we are. I'm so, so glad. And I'm so curious and intrigued about what you're doing and, and what this is. It's all very new to me. Not a library, of course. Sure. But no. take on it. I'm here to learn, so... Oh, well, I'm thrilled. I can't wait. I yeah. really was so thankful that we got connected. And yes, after the the many false starts that we had, what we're, yeah. we're both very busy, important people. I mean, what can you say, right? Oh, we're very important. <laughs> I can talking to you for like one minute. You're very important and I should be lucky. And lucky. We should be lucky. We're, we're lucky we're able to talk to each oh other. Oh my gosh, you're so right. I'm so happy already. This is perfect. <laughs> I will say my favorite part, so we got connected through Zibby and the producer of Between the Lines. Yes. And when they reached out and mentioned your name, I of course looked you up and I, your bio was such a delight to read because I felt so, I kept thinking, oh yes, I remember her in that or that. But I have to tell you that the the one that was a real hit is Deb and Flo from Finding Nemo. Yes. Because once a week I say, I can't see Flo. That is like a regular thing that I say all the time. Really? One of my sons pointed it out and then he said, I can't believe you get to talk to her. That's like, those movies are like my childhood. It was so sweet. You know, it's funny. Of all the sort of body of work that I've done over, you know, the 35 years or whatever, that 
strikes a chord, a good chord, with more people than anything. And it's, it actually has brought me some of the most joyous moments. There was a child who was crying on a plane, and he had been watching. I, I was listening, of course, right. to, to, to Finding Nemo, and she just couldn't get him to be quiet. And I turned around between the seats, and I, you know, I, I did the voice. Yeah. You know, the kid went, it's coming out of the lady's mouth in the chair in front of me. And the mom was so happy. But it was like, yeah, it's a, it's a thing. It's it's still a thing. I I mean, I run into people all the time, and yeah, it's a beautiful movie. And it was, you know, it was the very first of its kind in a way. There was Little Mermaid and a few others, but that was really a blockbuster. It was really beautiful. I couldn't agree more. It's such a delight, even this far in, and even when I watch it now, there's just so much to love about it. So I thought that was wonderful. But reading your bio, I was so impressed. You have been doing many different performing arts for so long. When somebody asks you what you do, how do you describe it? What do you say? I just say I'm an actor. An actor. Yeah. Because okay. that's, I mean, that's what I do, whether I'm acting and singing or acting with a small screen or acting with a big screen or acting on a tiny microphone, I'm just acting. Just it's all the same. Yeah. How did I mean, you get I into it? I do love to sing. I think when I'm singing you know, I'm never happier. Like when I'm doing musical theater, even, you know, if it's not in New York, it doesn't really matter. I get a skip in my step that I don't have if I'm, if I'm doing other things. It's just the most magical place for me. I, I love to be in that place. You know, I think singing is not to be too, but it's like meditating because you're, you're breathing in and out and you're releasing stuff and you're emoting. And, you know, I always feel kind of centered and, and joyous when I'm singing. I started in well, in high school, I was kind of, you know, I don't want to say I, I, I was not popular and I was terribly shy mm. and I masked my shyness with sarcasm. And so if you did try to like me, I'm sure it was like, why is she talking to me like that? You know, so <laughs> there were people that were like, I'd like to hang out with Vicky. Oh, no, she's rude. You know, <laughs> right. Yeah, the, sort of a defeating approach, unfortunately. Yeah, it was working for me. It took me years to figure that out. But the English teacher at my high school in Ohio said, um, I'd like to put you in a play. And I was like, what's that? And I mean, I was a junior in high school. Yeah. No, sophomore. Okay. And so he put me in a play. And I remember just learning the lines and kind of doing it. And I was having fun. And then the audience came and I would say something and they would laugh. And at mm. first I thought, I'm doing something wrong. Like they're laughing at me. And everybody was like, no, no, they're laughing because you're funny. And, it, you know, it's so cliche, but it was the first time I found a happy place and a lot of people, you know, interested in me and laughing and finding me entertaining as opposed to not. And mm -hmm. slowly I developed, you know, I, I from then on, I knew I was in. And I had always had uh, dancing classes, thanks to my mother, and piano classes. So I had, you know, that was in my blood. And then I just, I just started. Amazing. I went to New York. I had no money. I'd gone to Pittsburgh. I got my, my equity card. And you can't work in theater in New York unless you have an equity card. This was okay. 1981. And still true. Okay. And I went to New York. I think I had $30. I'm not joking. 
and I had friends, so I was staying with someone, but I was doing like the singing telegram where you wear like a cardboard cut out of the city on yes. your um, navigating the subway and stuff. Yeah. And then a friend of mine called me and said, there's this Broadway show. Do black patent leather shoes really reflect up? And you're really right for it. And I said, well, I don't have an agent. I do have an equity card. And he said, come to the auditions. Okay. It's at NOLA Studios, and it's from 12 to 4. And I waited almost till the end, and they called this girl's name, and she didn't come out of the bathroom. And I raised my hand, and I went in. And I sang, and while I'm singing, they're like, is that who, you know, what is happening? <laughs> and I thought, oh, God, I'm going to, you know, be kicked out of equity. And then I got that job. Wow. She didn't come out, and you went in. I love yeah. that story. Right? I just That's amazing. Yeah. I hope she got to sing. I'm sure she did. I'm I have no doubt her life has been fine. I, I just she's... decided. She's okay, fine. good. Thank you. Yeah. That makes me feel better. <laughs> yeah, of course. Oh, I just told you a teddy bear. I'm like <laughs> 62 and there's a teddy bear in my bed. <laughs> I love it. That's I that know. is necessary. It's an old teddy bear that makes me happy. It's always oh. fun near me. We all need objects, things that make us happy. Yes. Over it's on those those small pleasures are underrated, I think. So I'm in full support. So okay, I love hearing about that because I think there's a part of me, I was, of course, you know, in a production of Anything Goes when I was a junior and all these things. Like just I I can't even remember the character's name. I sang. Sorry? Reno Sweeney. You the no. Ditsy one? Oh, was no. I think I was Sweeney. You seem like a Reno Sweeney. Yes, I was yes. Reno Sweeney. You're so, a good one. Yeah. well, I appreciate that. But that's as far as my dreams went. But I always find it so fascinating. Just that. I mean, I've seen. I've been lucky to see many Broadway productions, and every time I am so amazed to watch what you're doing. And what you said earlier really stands out to me because it's true. There's a meditative in-the-moment quality to those performances where you really are watching someone do what they are meant to do. I mean, they're in their own fullness. And so even to watch it is such a gift. So I love shows, and I just think, and also all the tech, all the details that go into them. It's stunning. Do you have, well, let's, I want to talk about Between the Lines, which is what you're working on now. But first, I wanted to talk, oh, Yes, Vicky has a tiny between the lines book. It was tiny rehearsal book. Oh, Gail it's Rock. so cute. Look and then look. And everyone else used theirs, like, and I just yeah. didn't want to ruin it, so no. I just keep it. Agreed. Okay, yeah, it's not for using. No, come on, people. Treasure. These are treasure keepers. Yeah, go buy some post its at the yeah. grocery store and regular. use those. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm so glad we agree on this. <laughs> So I was reading, well, so when I was researching you, I found your role in Upside Down Magic, which was such a fun book. I read that one with our third graders. I did. And that makes sense. Mm -hmm. We loved it. So that was really fun. And you did such a great job in that role. I really enjoyed watching you because Miss Nightslinger is like you were talking about having that kind of sarcasm and you do, you are so funny. (laughs) <laughs> and you really brought it to that role. And there were a few lines where he said, oh, this is so wonderful or something like that. And I was dying. I just thought that was tremendous. So did you, are you a reader? Do you like bookish? This is embarrassing. 
It's okay. okay. This is Here's a safe space. Do. do you get, okay, safe space, safe space. <laughs> yes. I was a terrible student in high school. And then this is what I do lately. And I've been inspired to stop doing it recently, just out of self-shame. Okay. So I collect books. I mean, of course, I have favorite books, and I will tell you. I have read. But um, <laughs> I can I read. read okay, Julie, I can read. <laughs> you don't have to be so condescending about that. <laughs> You're right. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I buy books that I am intrigued by. I will read excerpts of them in the New York Times, you know, I on the news. I'm into politics, you know, into political stuff. I'm, you know, and then I'll buy the book and I won't just buy like a paperback. I'll buy, I like a hard cover, real book. Yes. I just like the way it feels, yes. the tactile, the smell of it. And then I read, I start to read it. And then the reading makes me sleepy. Yes. And then I get like this far in and then I go, oh, God. And then I'll get excited and I'll buy another one. <laughs> I read about three pages of 4,000 books. Okay, Julie, very well read. I, I think that's extremely <laughs> well read. I think that's just a different approach, right? You're not, you're not an inch wide, a mile deep. You're an inch deep, mile wide. I mean, just think Here's of all the ground you've like. covered. <laughs> Here's what I can say. I, or in the 90s, I became intrigued with the literary martyrs, and mm. I did read those, and I related to the struggles and the, the darkness, really, of these writers, and so, you know, Emily Dickinson, and, you know, my, my favorite book is The Crack Up, mm. F. Scott's but, Fitzgerald, as you know, F. Scott. Mm -hmm. And then his wife, Zelda Fitzgerald, wrote Invented Lives, which is a fascinating book. Dorothy Parker, all, all that stuff. I J.D. Salinger, you know, and one of my favorite books that I, I've read and reread is Papa Hemingway by um, Hotchner, because mm -hmm. he was the only man writer, forget about woman, man, that he let come into his life. And it is touching, exciting, heartbreaking, of course, because it's Hemingway right. book that just is such a good read. I, I would recommend it highly if you haven't read it. Um, I have not. I will put it yeah. on my list. That's yeah, good to you know. you would like it, I'm sure. So I surround myself with those books. Yes. You know, and I was thinking as you were saying that, I think it sounds like you're attracted to the depth of those stories, right? And the, the emotionality, yes, yeah, and the struggle, and the yeah, the depth. And so much of what you do is, you really are in your career. You're living story, so you're you're living the books in a lot of ways. So I can see too. I mean, there's, well, there's an that. element of that. And then to be deeply personal, you know, I went through a really difficult time. And I was doing a television show called News Radio, mm -hmm. and one of the lead actors on it was was killed. It was Phil Hartman, mm. and that broke my heart. And I kind of I went down a very depressing sort of rabbit hole. And I think that coupled with just the struggle of for years and years not having any money, t being told no more than yes, being you know, and not being a popular kid. I think I grabbed onto it and I saw that other people had navigated it, whether they did it well or with grace, you know, but they did it. And the only way through is through, of course. Yes. And so I think that, you know, the books kind of saved me in that way, emotionally. That makes sense. I'm sorry you had to go through that. Thank that, you. 
I'm, and you're right. There is something reading about what has happened, what's happening even on such a personal level has happened before and right to sort of have that validated in those times. Books can be such a, and stories can be such a companion so that, because I think the worst part of those dark times is the aloneness of them and feeling like you are alone in it. So anything that can help alleviate that particular side of the pain is so valuable. I think so. And especially what the world has been through in the last few years, you know, yes. I'm sure more relatable than ever. On the other flip side, a little more comic is that I'm obsessed with murder shows. That's not what we're talking about. Oh, I, you are not alone in that. I know. And it's women, mostly women, right? Do you watch Snapped? Yes, all day. Oh, my I mom love loves Snapped. Snapped. My husband's like, are you going to just like, is something going to happen and you're going to snap and then you don't mean to do it, but you're watching that so much that you might do something like that? Oh, no, I, I'm obsessed with them. But, like, did you watch The Stairway, The Staircase? No. The guy who, oh, you have to watch it, The Staircase? Is that Colin Firth? Is that on Netflix? He, yes, well, they're doing the, the acted version of it, but there's a real version of it about the guy, and they, they film him going through the trial process, and I still don't know if he's guilty or innocent to this day. It's so fascinating. His name is Peterson, his last name. He pushed his wife down the stairs or didn't. Oh, okay. Hence the staircase. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. I'm going to put that on my list. I feel like that's a good cautionary tale sometimes when I'm, you know, feel like Mondo's really driving me up the wall. You know, he comes in and I'm watching Snapped maybe with a, a paper and pen and just be like, yeah. what are you doing? Nothing. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Antifreeze, <laughs> applesauce. Okay. Nothing. <laughs> that is murder shows. My sister was really into also some of the murder podcasts. And then she was listening to one and she had to take a little break because oh, <laughs> she went oh. down too far. I've been on a 10 year run of it. I'm fine. No breaks yet. But I, maybe I'll need one. Yeah. The podcast, like true crime started me on it. And oh. then. Did you oh. watch in your own backyard? The one that's based in California. What? No. There was one called In Your Own Backyard, and it's a the Kristen Smart case. It was in San Luis Obispo, and I'll send it to you. I'll, okay. I'll make sure. I mean, I, I want to make sure you have enough content. Please. I mean, I, yeah. please. This okay. is important stuff. I hope you understand that I need as <laughs> much content. Yeah. During oh, the pandemic, I literally, I was like, well, I've gotten to the end of Netflix. Great. <laughs> I didn't think it was possible. I didn't think it was a thing. Great. Now I'm at the end of it. Because literally, I'll click up and I'll be like, seen it, seen it, I've seen it, I've seen that murder. Watched yeah. about that one. Yeah. They need to, come on, people, let's get some more crime going. <laughs> <laughs> I need more. It's, it is amazing. I, I will agree. There are times where I pull it up and I think, there's nothing on here. What am I doing with my life? Yeah. It's, yeah. The oh. joys, the joys of being at home too much. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's a perfect, I think we're going to take what I would call a hard left oh, and I start talking about between the lines, which is perfect, okay. you know, right. murder to between the lines. Tell me this. I was reading the description and I don't even know what this is called, but basically the, the advertisement for the actors, for the auditions. And it was going through and describing. Oh, the audition breakdowns you mean? That sounds right. The- Okay. okay. So I was reading through that. Yeah. Yes. So when you approach, tell me how you got to this one. Is it something where your agent kind of finds something that's in your range vocally, or is it a story you're interested or me, how do you, you choose roles? I wish I could just choose them. That would be oh, okay. 
But normally what happens is my agent, who is actually really incredible, Ben Sands, he will look for it has to be age appropriate and it's comical. And then I can kind of sing any range. Unless you want me to do Mary and the Librarian, I can sing in soprano, but nobody needs to watch me doing playing an ingenue and do singing that seriously. So um, this was a show that was a, had a lot of funny characters in it, and it was age appropriate. And I went in, and the, the audition material for this show, there was a lot. So I learned maybe three or four scenes and songs. So six scenes, six, three songs, three scenes. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, it was just it just clicked. It, it clicks or it doesn't. And luckily, I mean, it, and thankfully, like the director is, you know, they get it. They're they were la- they know what's funny. They're funny people. Right. Smart and funny. They know when something's funny. And then it just creates, do you know what I mean? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. There's sort of that synergy kind of feel, right? Where they're yeah. recognizing it and also putting it up yeah, for you're you. Like, yeah. These are my people. Okay, good. Yes. And so we yeah, and then I, you know, over the hiatus, because we were ready to go in March of 2020. Oh my yeah. goodness, I didn't realize that. We were gonna start rehearsal, the city closed on March 13th, and we were gonna start at the very end of the month, I think, rehearsal. Okay. And so it just got shelled for two years. And so it gave the writers an opportunity to write, like they wrote another character for me. And so now I play five people. Wow. Yeah. I play five different people, which I'm loving. It's really fun. I was just going to ask, do you enjoy that? Is that hard at all to manage in terms of? It takes energy. And that makes sense. You know, I'm curious how the costume changes will be going. Right, of course. I think that should be its own reality show. Backstage, me trying to get in and out of clothes (laughs) in a very small space with a lot of people. But no, I'm having the time of my life. Like, it's just so fun. They're so varied and they're all very funny. There's a serious character at the end. I don't want to get... Well, if you've read the book. Yes. Uh, Well, I did read the book, but I will not... Yeah. Give it away. But I am excited to see how it all comes out because I was listening to, is it Ariel? Is that how I say her Ariel. name? Ariel. Okay. Ariel. Yes. Yeah. So I was listening to her number, which is beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful voice, beautiful energy, beautiful yes. actress. She's built to play the role, just an, a beautiful human. The, the show is, it's odd in that it's filled with kind people. The mm. entire cast is kind. And she's kind of the, the heartbeat of the group, and she's, she's the sweetest, yeah. Oh, well, I was listening to it, and I was thinking, I really wanted to get my hands on your number, but it's not out yet as yeah. part of the recording. So, yeah. But that's Mr. Darcy and me, correct? Mm-hmm. Very exciting. I'm excited I'm to see how they... Yes, yes. For your readers who are already way ahead of me. Way ahead of, of course. Me. Well, no, yeah. but it's important to, yeah, yeah. to clarify. It's I think... Well, Yes. For people like me, that one book is that? Isn't I'm sorry, what? Is that high school? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I can identify my kids. When I started this podcast, they said, "Well, can we be on it?" And I said, "No, you barely read books. Like, what are you talking about?" <laughs> and they were so annoyed. And I was like, "No, I'm, I'm not having this discussion." How with old you. are your kids? Well, I have two boys, and they are 13 and 15. Okay. Yes. And That's currently, I'm involved in a. I'm sorry. Good trouble is coming your way. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I am enjoying the teenage years, and currently I'm really enjoying torturing them by I figure out what the current slang is. I either get it from my mom friends or hassle other kids, and then they tell me, yeah. and then I just drop it into conversation with my kids, and they're 
level of horror is inspiring. I mean, they are just so cringy. They just think, oh my God, you should see their faces. They just put their head in their hands like nothing's going to be okay. Yeah, don't yeah. say that to me. Yeah. So they're fun. It's it's a good time. I'm so so when I read Between the Lines, something that I loved was I'm excited to see how they fleshed out Miss Winks as a character because she doesn't have a huge role in the book. Yeah. Well, in, in the current incarnation of it, she is a really interesting mirror. She's an advocate for more than an advocate. She's a mentor to the lead character. Mm -hmm. So why did her name just go out of my head? You know what? It's funny you said that. That's really great. We were talking about Delilah. 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 Yes. And I had to look it up. When you're in your sixties, there's too many things in your head and then your your brain decides which ones. But anyway, um, (laughs) she's a mentor. And and, you know, if you've read the book, Delilah's going through a really difficult time at home. Mm -hmm. They're single mom and all that and very difficult time and so she's just you know not getting the love and attention she needs at the you know in the beginning of the story and so Ms. Winks becomes a, a confidant in a way because how much am I supposed to say I yeah. don't know yeah I don't want to don't say too much I mean you know, Lila is going through something that Miss Winks <laughs> understands on a very personal level And so it's a, it's a comfort to her Mm. and she's a mentor and a mirror. And what I like about the characters that I do play is they all take place in most of them, four of them take place, three of them, sorry, take place outside of the book. So they're in reality. Yes. Yes. And so Ms. Winks is the librarian, which is a character in her, in Delilah's reality. Yes. In the school. Jessamine Jacobs is a character that is in reality. Yes. Delilah meets along her travels. Mm-hmm. And then, then there's some other characters that I won't. Yeah. And there's a third character that's in reality. That's just like a ridiculously funny character that doesn't really progress the plot. Perfect. Those are my favorite kind. Yeah, is that no, the one they added during the hiatus? So they added two. They added okay. Mrs. Brown and Lady in Waiting. Lady so, in Waiting. Yes, to Queen Maureen. I'm the lady-in-waiting. And Perfect. then I also play a mermaid. There are mermaids in the book. So I'm one of the mermaids. Okay. And, right. And then I'm also, yeah. And then, God, it's, I'm like. That's a lot to keep track of. Just Yeah, Miss Winks, Mrs. Brown, a mermaid, lady-in-waiting, Jessamine Jacobs. Yeah. Okay. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah. 
was that, how did, how did that feel for you when you guys had to put it on the shelf? I mean, what was that that process like? I'm sure. It, It wasn't, well, for me, you know, I, I've done a lot of, I did, you know, theater, a, a fair amount of it in the 90s. And, uh, you know, I did Chicago twice on Broadway. And, but it was all up until 2001. And then I was back in L.A. doing theater. I mean, doing television and film. Okay. And I decided in 2017, late 17, that I needed to go back where I got the most joy. Because mm. I, I just needed to do that for myself. And it was funny. I put that out there. And then I got Anastasia. And that was, I did that for a year um, in 2018. And then I was really like back in the New York sort of just loving what I was doing. So I had done a couple labs of new musicals. And then this was really exciting for me yeah. because it was creating a character from the ground up. And right. for me, it might have meant a lot more than it did to maybe some other people. I don't know. And so it was really hard for me. It was really hard. And I also had to, you know, move out of New York City once we realized it was going on longer than, you know, a year. Yeah. And just like everybody. But of course. So it was it was it was tough. Not mm. Yeah. I'm so happy for you that it is coming back around. Thank you. That you're getting to have hopefully kind of redeemed some of those pieces for yourself and then also in the show. And because yeah. it just is, yeah, that had to be really really hard. Yeah. Have you, do you have a favorite role that you've had over the years? I mean, currently, obviously you love what you're doing, but is there something that, uh, does something stand out to you? Mama Rose and Gypsy. Okay. What did you love about that? Normally I play comedic roles. Okay. And, you know, it's a, it was a chance to, uh, you know, really, you know, what do they say? What's the saying? Like, not put your teeth into something. What's it called? What's that saying? Put, your, <laughs> put my teeth. Into Sink something. your teeth into something. Sink them. Sink them. There it is. That's what you do. Yes. No, but it was, I mean, I'm comic, but you know, Woody Allen said a great thing. Comedy is pain plus time. Mm. You know, your oh. your the flip side yeah. of comedy is is pain. Yes. And I I have a very powerful ability to play pain and rage and it was really cathartic because in my younger years I wasn't uh, given that I played the role three times now and each time I I learn more and it's 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 a troubling character mm. but it's a chance for me to play something I, I rarely ever get the chance to play so I do love that of course I love doing Fanny Bryce and Funny Girl but I think every person does and you know what I'd long I long to do is you know do a serious straight play you know, oh. I, I'd like to bridge the gap from comedy over to doing some more dramatic stuff and some more dramatic, some more dramatic roles in musicals, you know, I think. Um, but yeah, Mama Rose was, was a good one. I love it. Absolutely. That's so true about that depth of, I think pain gives a lot of depth. And so, and I think people that have been through dark times really do have a, a handle on that. Like there is just a dark comedy to things that you sort of adapt over time because it's a survival piece too. It's true. And there's a lot of tragic stories, you know, about great comedians and it's, it's, you know, it's terrible, but it's kind of predictable in a way, Mm. you know, because some of them have, they're just so very dark. Um, Yeah. You know, 
but yeah, it's true. What does a day look like for you right now? You're in tech, right? For starting tech on Tuesday, starting tech on Tuesday, exciting times. So what will that look like? Those are long days. Those are, that's when everything you've worked on that you feel great about feels like it's falling apart and you should just quit. Oh, what a fun process. No, I mean, it's, it's kind of a, yeah. So because, you know, we'll walk into the theater and we'll be like, but the table was usually here. Where are my shoes? Oh, no, there's no room for the wigs. What, oh, the set piece has to be here. But what about the 10 of us? Oh, my dressing room space. Oh, there's only one bathroom. Like you, And it's not like negative. It's right. just you get thrown. You get mm. thrown because it's disorienting. And yeah. some things will have to change that you've sort of gotten married to and felt great about. And you just, you know, you have to kind of be like water. You know what I mean? Okay. Otherwise, yeah. if you do this about it, it's not going to help anything. You know, like there are those people that, this isn't working and I quit, you know. So <laughs> you just have to kind of lean in and know that it's, you know, and some of it, it's exciting. So that once you get the orchestra, you know, then that's a, a, a boost, you know, and lighting is fun and, you know, but yeah, it's an, an adjustment for me. My, most of my anxiety is about the costume changes because mm. I feel pretty secure about the characters in terms okay. of acting and singing and all that. Sure. Jeff has done an amazing job of getting us ready. He mm -hmm. really has, you know, because it's been a short rehearsal period. So, Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You're, that makes sense, though, where it really is kind of the, the drill down of, no, you need to move to the left. And you're right. You do have to be flexible. Are you a naturally flexible person in the rest of your life? I've become a, a lot more flexible okay. um, than I was in my youth. You mm. know, honestly, I've I had a lot of therapy <laughs> and I work on myself. Haven't we all? Yeah. <laughs> yes. um, because for me, at this point, I realize, you know, to be that person who's so intent on winning the prize or, you know, being the best in a group of people or, you know, because as an actor, you spend a lot of your life thinking, if I get to that, so if I could just get a TV show, if I could just get ahead of that girl, if I yes. could just get that movie, if I could just get that amount of money, if I could just do that. And there's no joy in that. No. And so I, I just kind of approach it with, with a sense of joy because it is joyous for me, whether it's a disaster or not, the process of it to me, we're so lucky we're doing what we're doing. Yes. Yeah. That's a beautiful way to approach it. And you're right. I think some of that comes with time and age mm -hmm. and therapy because you yeah. do have to see yourself from outside and see that that sort of attachment to things being a certain way really does get in the way of your joy. Well, and when it really rang true for me was I did reach that, you know, mm. I was a middle class kid, you know, I was very poor in New York and then I got, you know, some Broadway shows and stuff, but then I got on television and I did some really big movies, you know, some really big animation projects. And I got to that level and I went, Oh, doesn't fill the hole. Yeah. Fix it. Mm -hmm. And that was a real awakening. And that's, you know, I kind of, I was shattered by that notion. And it also was the making of me because in that moment, you, you have to real, you have to kind of rise up out of the ashes if you're going to, you know, move forward. 
because it doesn't. It doesn't fix it at all. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. I really have to watch for that in my own life in small and big ways. Just mm-hmm. that delayed, delayed joy or delayed, you know, what you said. I will feel great when fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. And that is such a, it can be such a precarious position to put yourself in because so much of it has to do with circumstances and it's more of that wherever you go, there you are, right? right. Like you're still going to be you just in a different situation. Just try to be where your feet are. Yes. Yes. I'm really going to be thinking about what you said earlier about just singing in that moment. It's so true. Like the breathing, the groundedness, that's a Mm -hmm. beautiful, that's a beautiful visual for being present. You mm-hmm. really can't not be there. So I love that. That'll be something that stays with me. Okay, so since this is Ask a Librarian, did yeah. you have a question for me? Yes. Oh, okay. Okay, what is a book, the book, yes. or a book, that you wish more people would choose to read? Ooh, that is an excellent question. Okay, I have a few I'll give you different genres. Good. So yeah. the first one is a picture book that I love. And it was made into a short film. But I feel like not as many people know about it. It's one of the ones, you know, graduation season, everybody gives out, oh, the places you'll go. But I really love this other book. And it's called The Fantastic Flying Books of Mr. Morris Lessmore. Okay. And it's just a beautiful book. It reminds me a lot of Between the Lines because he is in some of the books and the illustrations are magical. And I love, I love that book. And then there's a part in it at the beginning. He writes, it talks about Morris Lessmore. He writes in his book every day of his joys and sorrows of all that he has and everything that he hopes for. And it just is this beautiful book. And then it follows him through his life and he has a life among the books. But I find it to be so tender and I just I love that book so that is one that's by William Joyce so if I was saying picture book I would say after we're done yes I will absolutely there's one more also called after the fall that I really love which is by Dan Santat if you've read that one it's about I haven't read it it's it's a picture book also well and maybe picture books are your new future reading because the way that I start books and finish them actually finish them yes and you're never too old for picture books and they're so profound some of the new ones I mean it's not cat in the hat I love of course but like it's not cat in the hat anymore they are so deep and beautiful so after the fall is about Humpty Dumpty and him actually getting put back together again, but being too anxious and scared to do what he loves, which is sit on top of the wall. And so it's a beautiful story of resilience. I love that one. One book that I love that's totally ridiculous and inappropriate, but makes me laugh until I cry is Hyperbole and a Half. I think you might like it too. It has nice short chapters. I'm going to send you some of these. I already, I already have a vision. This is so happening. Because I'm, I need help. I need help. <laughs> Hyperbole and a half. And talking about that dark comedy, that mm-hmm. is 100% what it is. She talks about how she can't, she can't <laughs> return a video to Blockbuster. Like, just uh-huh. can't manage to get it yeah. done because yeah. it's just too much. And the mm-hmm. illustrations are so 
ridiculous. They're almost like stick people, and she has a really dumb dog. It just, it's, <laughs> it's so, every time I laugh so hard. The kids keep asking me if they can read it yet, and I'm like, nah, you're close. They go to high school and hear all sorts of inappropriate stuff now. So I think that one, and then in terms of, like, beautiful books, mm-hmm. I would say, well, one story I love is The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo which is by Taylor Jenkins Reid. She's got a number of books and is incredible. But that book, and I think they're either making it into a show or a movie, but it was so real. I was so, I believed they were real people. Evelyn Hugo was a movie star in the book and I wanted to Google her afterward. It was just, it came to life for me. So that's a great story. And then I think my last one is probably... I think I would say it's Stephen King on writing. And I kind of hammer on about that one. Oh, okay. But it's why? A, Tell me it's, why. So he was an addict for a number of years, which I didn't know about him before I read it. And I like it, of course, because it's about writing and his process. But it's also about his journey back. And, like, there are parts of that book. He's such a tight, propulsive writer. You can just read his stuff and... I tend to overstate everything. So for me, it's like, oh, look, he can do it in less words. Way to go. But he just is so, he really can get to the point quickly. And so in the memoir space, he, he just wrote so beautifully. I loved, he talked about when he got back to writing, he said at the beginning of the road back, I'm close on this quote, but not exact. At the beginning of the road back, I believed the people that told me things would get better if I gave them time to do so. And he said, little by little, I found the beat again. Then I found the joy again. And that sort of, I think because I'm a person who has recovered from depression and anxiety, and that's part of... I relate. I mean, I'm in a story, so... And that's, I think when you have that inside you, when that's part of you, I think seeing a mirror to that, and like you were talking earlier, seeing some people that have walked that path and his writing about it just really is encouraging to me and so human that's probably what it is but yeah this that is a dangerous question as you can find no i I love how you just lit up oh and as you were telling me i was like this 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 human is in the right space in their life like that i you just light up that's incredible and you've got so much knowledge to be so young and i can see that there's a huge space between your eyebrows and the top of your hair, and that means that your brain is larger than most people's. And that makes you smarter. It's a thing, you know. It's a thing. Read about it. I did not know that. Apparently, really. it's a thing. Yeah, like the higher the cranium. Like, uh, did you ever look at Elon Musk's head? I no. mean, it doesn't make they mean they use their powers for good. But no, <laughs> so true. I think maybe I'm making this up, but I don't think so because I read it now. Ever since I read it, I'm like. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Look how high their forehead is. Like, that means they're smarter. I don't know. You're just that walking way. around with a ruler. Come here, please. <laughs> Could I see? Oh, yeah. I'm not oh, that tracks, dum-dum. But yeah. you're real nice, and I like you. Yeah, room temp IQ. Mm. <laughs> room temp IQ. <laughs> that is amazing. Well, that yeah. was a great question. Thank you for asking. I, oh, I'm glad I do, you asked it. I love talking about books because I think... They're such treasures. They can be sources of comfort in in the most, just the darker times. Well, and I was talking to my new editor recently, and we were discussing how 
just kind of the turns I'm making. And, and one of the things she pulled out of my manuscript was that when I was at my lowest, I wasn't reading. And it wasn't, it's actually a very bad sign for me. That's something that is so tied up in who I am that when I'm reading, then then all systems are go. But, yeah. you know, so things that, yeah. We I relate learn. that with me and being able to do what I do, mm. you know, sing or act. And if I can't, if I'm not doing that, I lose. Yeah, I, I that means I'm real down, you know. Yes. I get really down and then I stay really down. And I get so down that I can't see that I'm down to go like, Vicky, you got to get up. So it takes somebody else or some really the tools in my toolbox that I really have to go to and be like, okay, get back in the game. Now, do yes. you write? Yes. Are you writing books? Am I, yes. and I'm ignorant. I probably, most everyone no. probably already knows that. Right? <laughs> no. So you're a writer as well. Yes. I have okay. a memoir called The Anxiety Library. So that'll be coming out next year. Okay. And so that's what I'm working on. How exciting is that for you? I'm really thrilled. And I'm working on a children's book about exactly what we're talking about, naming your feelings and all those things. So yes, I'm, I'm a a writer in my spare time when I'm not managing the children at the library and telling them not to put their dirty hands on books. Now, when you say managing the children (laughs) at the library, paint that picture for me, if you would. Like what? They are so. What is the library like right now? Like, well, right now it's actually so. Toward the end of this year, it did feel more normal, quote unquote. I mean, because you know the libraries. I think that's something that's such a gift about libraries in general is sort of their baseline sameness. So things can change, but everybody sort of knows what to expect when they go into a library. So mine is. I either have, our younger classes have about 24 kids in them, and then the olders have a little more. But they come in, they listen to a story, and then they check out books. And that's where it really usually takes a turn, because you let them loose. Okay. <laughs> and, and then they take care of the books. No. no. Some of them are very, very, very unkind to the books. So oh, it's a lot of management, cool. like, friend don't do that to the book. It's not good for the spine. Friend, I don't want you to put that book on your head. I'd prefer you give it a hug while you're walking. So it's a lot of those kind of things. But in general, it's mostly just having fun with them. But this year has been interesting because there have been so many, there there was a loss for a lot of just behavior, things that we don't do in school even. So I think it's a lot of that learning. But my goal is usually just for us to enjoy it. But they have shelf markers too, where they have to put them in like a bookmark almost. And then they take out the book and then they're supposed to put it back. But that process for some of them is like advanced calculus. And I'll have to start looking at their foreheads when they do it. You're going to need to dial in. Although forehead really isn't probably fully formed till they're 28. Oh, that's true. You gotta gotta look 28 and up. Okay. Maybe I'll just. (laughs) Hey, can you send me a picture of yourself later in life? That'd be great. I'm trying to pick who I want to let into my library class, and I just need a selfie. Yeah. But they they are pretty cute and very fun, and kids, you know, I think I've learned over the years that I've been there. I just, I love when they can be present with me because. That's what I'm looking for, even if they hate the book, which sometimes they do. I usually say, give me a thumbs up if you like it. And they just, some of them give me the thumbs down. And you play the tape and then they pick that book or they pick their own book. Like, how does that go? 
they pick their own book. So I usually, I choose whatever book I want to read aloud. So at the end of the year, I read the fantastic flying books of Mr. Morris Lessmore, but I choose the book and read aloud to them. And usually I choose based on, I love funny books. I love to hear them laugh. And so we do a lot of that. And then, then they're released, but we have a, the picture books are in one section. So like the younger kids only get to go to those because they could do more damage in the nonfiction. So we try and keep them. But it is, they're just, the kids will gravitate. Like you'll say like, this is the serious section. This is about this. This is about that. And they, you see them like kind of go toward, it must be fascinating. Oh, it is. Yeah. And I have some students who will check out the same book, just like Delilah. Much to my chagrin, sometimes I'm like, could we at least try one different one? But we have some kids that really hit the same ones every time. But my favorite is sometimes they'll have a vague idea and I can nail it for them. And they're just so happy when that happens. It's really I cute. Someone like you when I was well, we have a, I have a lot of fun with them. They are, they're they lucky. keep it interesting. That's awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. fun. Well, I am hoping that I can somehow see you in between the lines because that You're in Colorado, would be a right? I'm looking at that flag. Well, no, that's okay. No, I went to University of oh, Colorado. Okay, but we live in California now. Oh, okay. That's a that's a long way. I live in California as well. I didn't know that you do. Yeah, I was. I'm pretty much based there, and I have like a satellite apartment that I keep in the city. So I live in Marina del Rey. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Well, we're wow. closer to San Francisco area, but. I, we are down there all the time. So I think, I mean, bottom line, this best friendship is starting. I feel like I'm going to, I hate, it's like a cliche, but I might be, you might be one of my besties soon. I, I am on board. Okay. I accept. So glad. So glad. (laughs) We will, we will have our protected tiny things together. We already have the important things in common. Yeah. Which I love. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for this time. This is such a gift. And I'm glad that we got over so many obstacles to actually talk to each other. And this has been a delight. I'm so, I'm so happy you do what you do. And I think about that with, you know, many of your roles when I was reading through it, I just thought that, you know, you've starred in certain things, you've supported in certain things, but your career lends a lot of texture to different spaces and different pieces of art that will be around for generations, even watching Upside Down Magic. I mean, you add a lot of joy and delight, so I'm so glad you are where you are and you do what you do. Thank you very much for saying that. That means a lot. Well, I mean it. So have a wonderful evening. Good luck with tech and pushing through your... I should quit this moment and I can't wait to figure out how to see the show. I'll just tell my husband I'm going to head to New York for it. I mean, I will. Yeah. I mean, tell him while snapped is on in the background. Oh my gosh. You're so smart. I feel like like I might snap (laughs) if I don't get to New York city just for a weekend. You know, that's a good way to start. Oh Perfect. I'm gonna write down write that down right now. Here we go. I will. Well thank you for book ideas. I really do wanna read what you what you suggested. 
I will absolutely, I will send you copies. It would be my pleasure. So I will do that. No, just send me the names. Well, you have to mail me the books. Did you think I just said, could you mail me those books? No, of course I didn't. But since we're friends, this is what I do. I always push books on my friends. I mean, I'm glad, but please just send me the titles. (laughs) I'll get them. We can argue about this later, Vicky. No, I, this is a podcast conversation. Conversation is not a word. I know that. <laughs> well, thank you, friend. Thank you, honey. All right, best best of of everything the world has to offer, and I'll talk to you soon. I will talk to you soon. That sounds perfect. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Ask a Librarian. As always, it's my joy to share and learn with you. You can follow me on Instagram at Julie Writes Words, or you can go to my website juliewritewords.com. There you'll find the show notes, including all the books mentioned in the episode. See you in the stacks next week. And until then, friends, never go anywhere without a book.